Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rattledge and Broadcasting premier podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and here's your host, Robert Winfrey, yay! Uh, hello there, everyone, and hello to you as well, Mark. How are you doing? Because it's just the two of us, so... That's right, I we can get a... naked. We can get I naked and a... touch each other's wieners. Uh, no. <laughs> oh wait! I'll have to wait till Thursday and do that with Jesse. What you and Jesse do is your own business. <laughs> and while I do judge you very, while I do judge both of you very harshly, I I keep it to myself. And we greatly appreciate you uh, not uh, being bigoted towards us in our love. <laughs> not sure I describe that as love. <laughs> He certainly didn't when I said didn't I did this exact same bit with him. Um, but anyway, no, I'm I doing imagine, well. I imagine he, he took that pretty badly. <laughs> you know, we were, uh, it, it won't be up for a while. Um, we recorded uh, some canned source materials last night. And I was like, hey, on a scale of one to 10, how obnoxious was I? And, and was I more obnoxious than Dean Compton, who he does a lot of the undisput- um, undisputed, uh, unspoken issue stuff with? And he was like, you were about a nine, but I can handle you. It's fine. I feel like, I feel like it was like a reverse <laughs> brat taming. <laughs> I'm doing well, sir. I'm doing very, very well. Uh, back in the gym again, lifting because I'm a man. Um, if my arms disappear, nope, that doesn't fix it. Wait, maybe no. Anyway, um, back in the gym, back and running, um, trying to change some dietary things. Been working on my TikToks. Mm-hmm. I haven't done as much with the podcasting, but then we're only doing this two days a week now. <clears throat> so there's not as much to do. But uh, feel, I'm starting to feel like me again. I had a, I had a really rough summer. I've had a really rough year. <laughs> but uh, this particular past two weeks, I made a concerted effort to um, start starting to find myself again back in like April, May, and then had some distractions, had some stuff happen. And now I'm trying to find back get back to me again. Me me so me wants to be with his buddy and talk <laughs> streaming predator movies hi buddy hi mark <laughs> i reluctantly accept that title <laughs> you you're my friend i like you i like you because you're my friend because you do this <laughs> this is why i'm reluctant <laughs> about it <laughs> So tonight, as Mark said, we are talking Prey, the latest entry into the Predator franchise, that poor, woeful franchise that is so misunderstood. Mark, why is this complicated? Why? Why do people have to screw this up time and time again? This shouldn't be that hard. I don't think anyone knows why the first one was as successful as it was. I think Because they're idiots. 
I mean, we talked about it on the long road to ruin. That episode has re-aired and is currently on this feed if people are interested in listening to the old audio version of it from Blog Talk Radio. Um, we had Jason Offit on that show. And I think at the time we even said, like, these were big meaty men slapping meat, um, running through the jungle chasing a slasher, you know, um, chasing a monster. Wasn't that complicated. We were talking before the show even started tonight about Top Gun Maverick. About how, like, when you give men what men want, men will come to the theater and spend their money in large quantities, usually. Like, it takes, you know, we don't need to go into, like, a whole tangent on this. We've just said it a zillion times. It's getting harder and harder and harder to get people, both men and women, to get leave their house to spend money. And now... Especially, especially <laughs> with the current state of yeah, inflation and, and so. And and so you really have to create a spectacle, but you have to create a spectacle that the vast majority of people want, and it has to be without an agenda. Um, so why has the Predator franchise not been successful? The second one, while I think is beloved by some people, got away from big meaty men chasing a monster through a jungle. And then the third one was kind of fun, but it was, you know, none of the people in that movie were big were big time action stars. It was like Topher Grace and Adrian Bro uh, Broner, Bro Brony, Boney, Brody. Broner. Thank Brody. That's the one. And then Adrian you know. Broner is something else entirely. And in fact, <laughs> just pulled out of a fight due to alleged mental health issues. Yeah, I saw that. I'm kind of disappointed, actually. But that that Predators movie, which um, I didn't even realize it when we when we did the Long Road to Ruin, but we talked about that one too, and then we dedicated an entire on trial to it. And I said at the time, I was like. This is a fine enough premise. It just has the wrong cast. And then that last yeah, one, where, that where autism of... was a superpower, misses the point entirely. Yeah, the, so, le the less said about the Predator, the better. Yeah. So why haven't they been able to get this right? Because they, they refuse to look at what made the first one so popular. I mean, for all the joking and for all the you know talk of toxic masculinity and all of that, when you, you know, Schwarzenegger was a draw. He was a big, muscly, accented action hero that m boys wanted to be, and so did their dads. Yep. There's something to be said for that. Um, Carl Weathers with his big, meaty, muscly hands slapping arms. People wanted to be Carl Weathers, and nobody wants to be Carl Weathers. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, since you brought up the second one... I we're going to talk about this when we get done with the craft review, but here's a little preview of this. The fact that this franchise has never yet come up with a movie that's even as good as Predator 2 <laughs> is a damning indictment on everyone who's touched this thing since. Yeah. It, here's the thing. It's a simple enough premise. You need big action stars that men will leave their homes to go see. They have, and I love Danny Glover. Danny Glover was great in the Lethal Weapon series. Danny Glover is a hell of an actor. And, and Danny Glover does his level best to carry that second film, but Danny Glover is not exactly a blockbuster action star. I I think the second one, we talked a little bit about this in an offline, you know, kind of in a chat group mm -hmm. that we have. I think Pat hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, people didn't care for the second one when it came out because it was a different movie. Right. It's it's more it more leans on to actual detective work and right you know, kind of the the urban crime setting 
rather than the more pure kind of uh, jungle <laughs> slasher fleck that the first one was. And people didn't quite know how to handle it. I think time has been un- incredibly kind to the second Predator movie. I think so, too. But I think also recast that movie. Get Danny Glover out of there and put not Eddie Murphy, but whoever was a big black action star <laughs> at the time <laughs> um, when that movie comes out and replace the replace Wesley the side Snipes. part. Yeah, put Wesley Snipes in there, get rid of the girl, and put another guy in there. Another guy that you, you know, oh God, um, what's his face? That white men can't jump. Repair those two up again. Um, Woody Harrelson. Put, no, no, put, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back on that one. I think, the, okay. I think the female cop is necessary. Why? Because you get that sequence where we learn more about the predator's culture through its decision not to kill her because she's pregnant. Find me a better, uh, find me a better, like a Sandra Bullock, but not Sandra Bullock. Oh, okay, okay, again, you want a better actress, fine. Like, that. that's yeah. fair. Well, but... I also want an actress that's a draw in the year that that movie comes out. You know, find me the Charlize Theron of that time, and, um, um, and I'm with you. We can, keep, hmm. we can keep the girl. My point is... Yeah, we'd movie... have to go back and really look at it, but yeah. yeah. The, you throw in Wesley Snipes and, fam- you know, and famous action girl of that era... And I think it's a whole other movie because every because you can keep everybody else. Maybe you get like a better villain. You know, you get you know, the Jamaican crime boss, hey, or somebody hey, 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 more popular. Maybe, no, no, that, no, no, maybe that's say, where leave, you use Eddie Murphy, or you no, know, leave Gary Busey alone, man. He's a great villain in that. <laughs> or like throw a Cineo Hall in there or something. Um, my my point is, this is not a this is a series that is held up by the cast. The cast is phenomenal in the first one. Um, and then with each successive movie, the cast gets less and less star power, and they're still and and they think that the selling point is the predator itself. The selling point is not the predator. That's no. like it, that you know, it's like Halloween. You're going because you want to see Jamie Lee Curtis kick Michael Myers down a flight of stairs, you know. And you're and you're yes, you're also going because you want to see Michael Myers stab a whole bunch of people. But <clears throat> those movies are not successful without Jamie Lee Curtis, as we've learned over the years. I, I think it's a similar thing with the Predator franchise. These are not successful unless you have a good cast for your audience to buy into. If you And that's going to play a huge role in what we're going to talk about tonight with Prey. If your cast is not somebody that, the act, that your audience wants to see succeed and kick this monster's ass, then you're just relying <clears throat> on fans of the monster, and that'll only get you so far. And Especially it's only going to when- get you so much of the audience. Especially when you design a crappy variation on the monster like they did here. This, I've got to say this, man. This thing looked like crap. Do you remember watching, I, I want to say it was the Royal Rumble when Summer Rae came out and, the, and me and, and Bailey and Sheehan all noticed she had like a sloped forehead? She's always had that. <laughs> it looked worse. I thought, honestly, she looked like a xenomorph. We like that that and I remember this because I just watched I just rewatched our TikTok. That's like one part of the thing I cut out where it looked like she was like losing her hair, her is this you guys making fun of Summer Ray? <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's kind of what this predator looked like. It looked like, you know, Royal Rumble 2022 Summer Ray. I I could live with the skull mask. I really mm-hmm. can. Like I, I think that's a fine design choice. Once it once that mask comes off and you have to see the way they designed this thing after that, like the little mm-hmm. the tweaks they've done to the general uh, physiology, it looks like crap. It, yeah. It's just like, 
the the whole thing is the face reveal, right? This is the this is the big right. component of the predator. Like, and you've got these little like uh, almost like prehensile tendrils that are just right here that aren't don't even have I, honestly, teeth on them. Like by that point in the movie, it... <clears throat> here's the thing: I w- I don't want to be out totally unkind to this movie because some of the stuff works. But by the time we get to like the big predator fights at the end. I'm kind of like I don't even care what the monster looks like anymore, and I just want this movie to end already. Like, and it's not that long of a movie; it's like only 90 minutes. But no, even no. at that point, it, uh, uh, let's let me go through the plot, and then we can talk about that because there's a point you're going to make. Oh, it's 100 there's... minutes. It's uh, sorry, it's an hour and 40 minutes. I'm gonna get to it. Okay. Because there's an important point there that I want to make about this. Oh, okay. Let, let's because there's not a lot of plot here, so let's very briefly go through this. <laughs> girl, ch- girl, chase monster through wood. Film at 11. Yeah. So we follow I forget the character's name. I want to say it starts with an N. <laughs> a busy businesswoman who don't need no man. And look, the real star of the movie is her dog. All right. So is... this is Naru, uh played by Amber Midfunder. Okay. That we follow mostly Naru and her dog. She wants to become a hunter in her tribe. And she is I feel like there was a conflict of interest in the writing of this bit <laughs> because you can tell somewhere in, there's a draft of this where everyone is putting her down, mm-hmm. right? Where everyone is saying, no, you're a woman, go do women's work. Yep. Go make us a sandwich. And which is, now I can tell you why they cut that too. I'm, I'm going to give you all an insight into why they cut that. Someone, some consultant, some advisor about we're setting this among you know we're going to do this about the Comanche in the you know 1700s. Some advisor who's like there to okay here's how the Comanche were said no there was no strict differentiation between male and female roles in the way that you're implying don't do it. <laughs> and because minority trumps female unless you're a female minority they had to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I would almost guarantee that's why they did it. So again, there's a version of this where she's meant to be this empowering figure fighting the patriarch and the technical advisor, but there was no patriarchal system within the Comanche knock it off. And they went, <laughs> all right, fine. We'll listen to you. So she wants to be a hunter and the general consensus amongst other people is why, like you do other things better. You know, why do you want to do this? Like, well, because you because you don't think I can. Like, oh, God, teenagers. <laughs> teenagers scare the living shit out of me. How many more years until you've got one? He's 11. So if we're talking tweens, two. You got two. Yep. Doomsday clock is ticking down. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anxiously waiting for my Katie Kaboom years. <laughs> Fair enough. So actually, my my son referred to my wife as woman today. He was just like blah 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 woman. I and my wife was, she then beat him. She was going to. Hang on. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, I father that I am disciplinarian <laughs> that I am. He was just like blah 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 woman. And my wife like clutched her pearls and it was like you're gonna let him talk that way to me. And I'm like you cannot disrespect your mother until you're either emancipated at 16 or turn 18. Okay, apologize. She just turns and looks at me. She's like, you're such a dick. And I'm like, well, it's the truth. Fair. You are yes, not I'm actively encouraged. He, uh, 
he got screened for gifted today and he tested into like the 99th percentile. Apparently he's way smart. So I'm like, I'm pushing for him to emancipate at 16 and get the hell out of this house. <laughs> out the door. Go, 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 go be smart and make money and go start Microsoft. And support me. <laughs> yes, that's important. Um, Please continue. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to version. Again, there's not a lot of plot here. <laughs> one of the so she wants to go through their final ritual which is to hunt something that is dangerous something Hunting that them. that will hunt you back yeah like a bear yeah. a mountain a lion yeah in this case a mountain lion something they, they stumble upon this does not go her way her brother winds up killing it instead but she saw tracks from the predator alien which is here wandering the wilds killing things that it perceives as dangerous there's a bit where just as an example so it, and I'm making a point of this because the movie makes a point of this. In the previous in the previous Predator movies, it was acknowledged that the humans were the most dangerous game, as it were, and so it was it was there to hunt humans. In the first one, it's hunting, I think, army rangers. In the second one, it's hunting criminals and cops. And then the third one, it's hunting um, the most dangerous criminals it can find. And in the fourth one, autism is a superpower. Anywho. Um, in here, it's almost like the Predator doesn't really know what Earth is. So it doesn't know about humans just yet. It doesn't seem to... This is what the movie seems to be implying. At least that was my take on it. So it's just kind of looking around going, there's a rabbit. Oh, it's being chased by a wolf. The wolf is the Predator. I'm going to hunt the wolf. And it keeps doing that calculus as it moves through the movie. Yeah, yeah that, uh, that's very much what it's doing for a while. And so she goes out to hunt it. A few other people try to track her down and bring her back. Uh, this goes badly as they stumble across the invisible. It, well, she finds it first as it murders a grizzly bear with its bare hands. Mm -hmm. And the fact it's just punching a bear, like and knocking <laughs> it, like just one of the greatest things ever. Just it cold cocks this giant bear and sends it flying across a river. It's great. So she stumbles across it. She escapes because it doesn't consider her a threat. And I feel like this is the point that the writer who couldn't make this about the patriarchy decided to make this a point I'm like okay but how about this the the, the big strong <laughs> indestructible almost alien creature is it won't it does not view her as a threat and this is why she'll get one up on it because she's a woman you see and he's he's the patriarchy and therefore he does not consider her a threat and we all roll our eyes when she does that stupid monologue at the end because it's really, really stupid. I honestly, like, I listen to it, but <clears throat> much like when most women talk to me, in one ear and out the other. Because I'm talking <laughs> just about this <laughs> in particular instance. You're antagonizing <clears throat> so many people. <laughs> uh, anyway, they wind up... Uh, they wind up in, uh, intercepting and interacting with a group of French trappers who are also um, kind of... Look, are... I, I deal with a lot. I've been dealing with a lot this year. This is my two hours of, of giving of giving shit back. Don't take that away from me. All right. <clears throat> Just as always, <laughs> I am more than capable of getting myself into trouble. Please do not tag me with whatever you're throwing at him. <laughs> yeah, no, no. No, no. I'm the asshole. In this Leave him instance. alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. He, he has his own assholery. Attack really just do. me for my own assholery. Continue with your assholery, asshole. How many assholes are on this ship? Yo! Yo. <laughs> <laughs> my son will die when he hears this later. Uh, has, he, has he seen Spaceballs yet? 
Yeah, I showed it to him and I taught Good. him that bit. And I and I gave him <laughs> this is why the show is gonna be three hours tonight. I gave him the okay to quote movies in their entirety, and he won't get busted for the curse word. He can't curse on his own. He can't certainly can't curse at people, but he's allowed to say the curse in the quote. So he likes to now walk around going, How many assholes we got on this ship? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <clears throat> Uh, so uh, between these, that and the hour back bit that I taught him, he is going to be one obnoxious motherfucker as he grows up. Dude, I you, here for it. You have violated the cardinal rule of parenting, just for the record. The <laughs> over cardinal and over ru- again. Hang on, no, no. Here's the cardinal rule of parenting, as far as yes, I can sir. tell. Raise children that if they were not your kids, you would want to be around. That I want to be around obnoxious children. <laughs> okay, you do not. <laughs> we both know it. <laughs> Please continue. So anyway, uh, she and her brother are kidnapped by these French trappers who use them as bait to lure out the predator. Big fight ensues. Lots of people die. Uh, Our protagonist is able to blackmail sort of one of these people into showing her how to work a flintlock pistol. He tells her, okay, pour in in some... uh, some gunpowder, not too much, not too little. It's a very specific measurement there. Good job. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, just jam the ball and the the ball and the wadding down a couple of times. That'll be fine. No, it won't. L- listen to me, people, about this, okay? If nothing else, firearm safety, especially muzzle-loading firearm safety. Seat that thing properly, because if you have an ex- Mark, don't do that. <laughs> because if you have, if you have the pipe. And you have the explosive here. You need the the bullet and the wadding to be seated firmly against it. If it's here, what happens when you have something very tight, an open space, and something else that explodes? You do not have a projectile. You have a pipe bomb. Please, if you if you do this, seat that properly. <laughs> My minor bit of safety, of firearm safety tip for the sake of this, because that that segment just killed me. Um, anyway, they. Engage the predator. The predator murders her brother in a in just the dumbest moment. Uh, she eventually lures the predator into an environmental hazard that she had encountered earlier. She then uses its own weapons to get it to kill itself, more or less. She returns to her tribe, a conquering people, with a flintlock pistol with an engraving on it that was theoretically handed to Danny Glover in the second Predator movie. And just for the record... I can't tell you how badly that bodes for that tribe because the aliens had that thing. So they came <laughs> back, they wiped them out and took it. Okay. This is a gorgeous looking movie. This yeah. seems like it was natural settings um, on location. Uh, I can look that up really quick just to double check my math. But yeah, I mean, this, that's what it seemed this, to be. Like, like the strongest element of this film is the landscaping and, and the cinematography yeah. in places. Hands Absolutely. Down. It, this that that is the most winningness element of the craft. Um, it's a fairly basic plot. Something the critical drinker mentioned, and I kind of half agree with him. He was like, my big his biggest problem with this, other than if Arnold Schwarzenegger could barely take this thing down and was bereft of soul when it was all over, how did this tiny girl make it happen? <laughs> okay, but that's not my problem. Um, my, you know, the star of the movie, whoever it's going to be, is going to win. I don't care how we get there, or I don't care that that's the outcome. This, it's in, it's in how we get there, and how we got there was fine. Um, however, eh. 
my my problem with her is she starts out as kind of an obnoxious semi-entitled little comanche girl who's like i you know i want to be a hunter too and they're like no hunter you know hun hunting is for men and there's a reason why hunting is for men um and I think the movie does a really good job of making the point of no, 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 no. This is why we keep you out of this. You know, you're like falling out of trees and shit. Um, you know, which is fine. <laughs> I, I actually appreciate that they didn't make her a hyper competent Mary Sue. Like she sucks at most of what she does for a giant yeah. portion of this movie. And and that's great. She should suck. She should yeah. suck. The so the arc that she goes on is more of a plot driven arc than it is a character arc, and that's yeah my problem. she. Yeah, she doesn't change. Like, like the uh, you mentioned the drinker, and one of the points he brings up, and I think it's true. Mm -hmm. If you look at the, for the sake of argument, let's just consider Predator One and Predator Two, and let's leave aside all the others mm -hmm. for the moment. Both Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny Glover are fundamentally changed by their encounters with these creatures. Yeah, she's just successful. Yeah, that's it. That's her arc. She starts off. She starts off as a shitty hunter trying to be one. By the end of it, she's killed a predator. Yay. However, she's not a different person by the end of it. She's just, you know, it, it was almost as if they had to, there was a different cut of this movie where they had them had her up on their shoulders and like, you know, carried her around the tribal land. Where she I, she single-handedly then doused in the blood of the predator, charged a, <laughs> a you know, Fort Bridger, wiped them out, and the and the westward expansion of the white of the white men stopped. Sure. Um, my, my point is that's not really good character writing. She's not changed by this experience. She's, she's a, just she she's, she's, a, she's she achieved a goal. The goal was to be a hunter. Go ahead. She's a terrible character. I, I, I can't think, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let, I don't let think me that's clarify. Fair. Let me let me clarify okay. what I mean by that. Okay. You can't tell me anything about her. In she that wants, sense, she's yes. A, She's a woman. She wants to be a hunter. She's told no. You can't tell me anything else about her. Right. You know, if you think about, say, like Katniss from um, Hunger Games. Uh, the Hunger Games. We learn a lot about her in that, even in that first movie. Yeah. We learn about her, her wants and her desires. We learn about her fears and, you know, and her goals. And she, you, you, you root for her because she's a fully developed character and you want to see her succeed in this, you know, tumultuous, tumultuous environment. You don't get that with um, Nauru here. You, you just, remember, I mean, you, only, you literally only remember her name. If you look it up, I only knew her name because I looked it up. Yeah. Like congratulations. <laughs> that's, that's poor writing. So this felt like I, and I, I referenced this recently um, it's something that I listened to. I, I think, oh, I, you know what? I listened to our uh, Everyone Loves a Bad Guy on the Hulk. And I said, you know, they should have put like Ray Park in the in, in the suit because if you just want to see somebody do action stuff, he's the best at it and he doesn't have to talk. Honestly, I, I honestly think Amber Midthunder was like wasted in this. She, you know, she's a fine enough actress. They could have gotten like a Gina Carano type who, you know, you, you don't need a lot of acting out of her. You just need her to be a physical presence and she'd have looked a lot cooler. I'm not saying you needed actual Gina Carano, but that kind of type of person. Yeah. Um, another good example of that kind of thing, though she's a little on the, the thin side, the gal that plays a taskmaster who's who was a model um, who very rarely gets a speaking role because she sucks. But she, she looks doesn't, hot. Hang on. She doesn't suck. She just does. English is not her first language. She's not and a she, great actress. And her name is Olga Kurilenko. That's the one. Um, so you have these actresses out there that are bodies that are really good for action movies. 
Um, and th- and this I mean, she wasn't even. Hang on, she wasn't even good as Taskmaster because ninety percent of that is a stunt man in that suit. Fair. In any case, um, my my, but she's done other stuff like Hitman or whatever it was. Um, like a Scarlet, you know, like anyway, I was starting to say Scarlet Johansson, but Scarlet Johansson can actually act. My point is, they they needed a body for this role that looked, you know, somewhat like a Native American, and. They they went with this girl who I think actually is part native of some guy, like Sue or something like that, which is so which is all fine except that again she lacks in characterization and then what she's given to work with, it, the stuff that works is the action stuff. Her running from the bear is the best sequence in this entire movie. It's great. Um, that whole that whole sequence with the bear I think is top notch, um, including like the predator fighting the bear. That was a pretty cool. That's a pretty cool bit. Um, when she's fighting the mountain lion in the tree, she's just kind of up there, and she, the tree the tree branch breaks, and she falls. And then she wakes up in the tent. Um, so, like the so, so the a lot of the other action stuff that she does doesn't really get to do much. She's just sort of running this way, running that way, and then she whines about, you know, Ricky, I want to go to the show. Um, towards the end, when she has to do some stuff with the predator, again, they were smart enough to not have her go hand to hand combat with this thing. And I, I was actually kind of getting Rey Mysterio vibes from her, where like she is utterly reliant on speed and she has to keep moving. And that is set up early on. So I think the movie in general is fairly well written in that it has a flow to it. It was paced well. There were things set up in the first act that pay off in the third act. I'm not going to take away from a movie that does basic screenwriting well. Um, it looks pretty. My complaints are... And I'm curious to get your your take on this because I know that you are um, thousands of years old and were there when these Comanche were talking. Um, I was just <laughs> every time she would speak with the brothers and the other hunters, they were doing line deliveries as if nobody s- spoke differently 200 years ago. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's that's a real problem for me. Like for me as well. Did, that's a there's Honestly, like, if you would put jeans and a t-shirt on them, it sounded like they were like kids talking in front of a high school. Yep. Like yep. there was no difference at all. And I'm like there's a, there's a cut of this that is um apparently entirely in Comanche. Mm. I think that would be better. It, it's all that in subtitled. Like I believe you way. and I would watch it, but we watch everything, including stuff with subtitles. You're gonna lose at least half your audience yeah, if you throw this thing uh, in mean, subtitles. Look, here's my only here's my only counter argument to that. Mm-hmm. If you're already throwing this directly on streaming, who cares? Because you still want people to watch it. Yeah, but who cares? And once they realize it's it's the entire thing's in Comanche, suddenly it's a foreign film. Yeah, but again, like if you're Robert, trying to hang you're, on, you, you're the president of 20th Century Fox and and the president of Hulu, and you answer to Disney. The idea is to get people to watch this. Look, if people are paying for it, you don't care what they watch. You care that they, they keep paying for it. That's it. Okay. Go on to make your point. My point is that, it, look, if you're trying to appeal to a big audience, if if you need to sell tickets, that's a valid point. Mm-hmm. Not the most valid point, given the state of the world these days, but it's still a valid point. Well, let me rephrase. It is less true now that that's a giant detriment than it used to be. It's still a detriment. It's not nearly mm-hmm. the same hurdle it was. If you're throwing this directly onto a streaming service anyway, who cares? 
here's what I'll tell you. Um, knowing a lot of basic people that I know, they're not sitting there watching a 90-minute Com- movie in Comanche, even if it's a Predator movie. Once they realize it's, it's subtitled, they're like, fuck this. People watched it because it was a Predator movie and it was streaming and it was in English. Here's my thing. I get what you're saying. Like in a, in a purely artistic world where you don't have to worry about streaming numbers, subscription numbers, et cetera, et cetera. Your point is your point is well taken. Um, and maybe that and maybe that solves the problem of everyone here sounds like an American teenager. But, but that's not the world we're living in. So let's deal with the movie as it was. Everyone here sounds like an American teenager, and it really threw me off, including some even some of the ways the lines were delivered. Yeah, like, like there's, some, so, there's some like soap opera line delivery here. Yeah, I there was a couple of lines from the brother where I'm like, I don't believe you're Comanche. I don't believe you're in that time. I'm not even sure I believe you're in the movie. I don't believe that you're a real person. I think you're an artificial construct. Yeah, like th- th- this was starting to feel like CGI at times where I'm like, I don't believe these are real people anymore. Um, I'm not kidding. It's a real problem. To yeah. say nothing of the fact that... This movie is not the worst iteration of this, but boy, you can just tell when they're doing the member berries. <laughs> oh my god! So Drinker brought that up, and somebody somebody mentioned it to me when I we, we, people have already we're doing this a week late. It came out the same time as Bullet Train, but yeah. we wanted to do Bullet Train first since that was the more um, important movie to me. So we waited a week to do this. So by now, everyone's seen this, and the people were telling me that like there's lines from other Predator movies or the Predator movie um that they use here and drinker made a point of saying they're utterly misplaced here's the thing he's not wrong about the second one but the first one where they talk about if it bleeds we can kill it that's almost passable the problem is it's missing a line of dialogue because she needed to talk about i made the thing bleed because the line in the original predator movie is you know, it, when is, you, I, it, they yeah, see the blood on the leaf. Well, no, and the, the, their female hostage mm-hmm. tells them, you know, when you when, when Jesse Ventura died, there was mm-hmm. you must have wounded because I did see blood. And Arnold comes to the logical conclusion: if it bleeds, we can kill it. Right, which, which is true. Right, which is which is as badass a line as that is. It's also pragmatic. Yeah, if you are a biological being and you run out of blood, presumably you'll die. You know, the xenomorph's blood was acid, but when they ran out of it, they keeled over, as indestructible as those things were. You know, like, that's just a basic anatomy thing. So, here's the thing. Look, they put that line in this movie because it was in the original. That's it. That's the only reason it's there. It has no context here. One of them says, like she says, I don't even think it can be killed. I watched it kill a bear. And he just says, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And you're trying to go, that doesn't mean anything here. Right. But, but here's the thing. It had bled by that point. That's what I'm we saying. We knew like, it had. They didn't. No, no, no. I Maybe that you fix that with one line of dialogue. She was like, I, if she just says, I saw it bleed, like, just give her that line. I saw it bleed when it fought the bear. Or, you know, I think, you know, I think I made it bleed or I, it had, it's on its period and I saw period blood, something, anything, just, <laughs> just blood. Oh, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Just recreate that damn scene from the first one, and you're fine. Yes, you're, there's an argument you made of can we can we not do member berries, and that is a whole other argument which I support. But in the face of nobody has an original thought, and we're trying to you know we're we're trying to pull everyone's nostalgia penis, um, like then fine, then just recreate that scene. Then they create they they created half of it as if they didn't realize why he. It's like 
this we talked about this with another movie recently where nobody seems to understand why something is popular. Yeah. And and they don't understand why certain lines work in a movie. So when Arnold says, if it bleeds, we can kill it, it's as if nobody heard the setup to that line and just has utterly forgotten it. And they're like, we have to make sure that line's in there. So it could have been, I would like a ham sandwich on rye. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Same difference. Like, that's how bad that is. That is some lazy fucking writing, which is half my problem with this movie because it's shot well. I actually really love the principal photography and the uh, the aesthetic directing style. I love the landscapes. It's it's just a gorgeous movie to watch. But the writing of it is like 50-50. Half of it flows and is competent. The other half is just bullshit laziness. Um, there's a second thing where they do the member berries thing. And that one, I, I can't even remember what it is now. But I remember hearing it and I'm like, my eyes roll. I like sighed. A part of me died. You know, I, I started sending snaps to my wife. I was like, yeah, I'm done here. <laughs> I, I can't take this anymore. Uh, keep going for just a second. So um, before uh, Robert comes back, I just want to say, as far as Amber Midthunder's performance, I mean, they don't ask very much of her. She's sort of, you know, kind of a bratty but stoic uh, half a warrior Comanche chick. <laughs> it's fine. The rest, you know, the I want to talk about the the, the Frenchman. <laughs> um, I wish they had appeared earlier in the movie. I wish we had, and this is a, a structural problem. I think we talked about this with Bullet Train last week, where you want to introduce these bad guys, but you don't introduce them early enough in the movie. And when you finally do, it's sort of a rush job. So, like the, the French hunters, uh, oh, I, the frontiersmen. I was I'm like, just, just, why are we waiting till now to introduce these people? These should have. Why aren't they even here? Well, they could have cut away and introduced them earlier, so that when they are internet now interacting with the Comanche, it makes a little bit more sense. Like, yeah, like, I I feel like Hollywood writers don't know how to build tension in a screenplay anymore. They don't. <clears throat> so you introduce them earlier, awesome. and now you're worried that the that the evil Frenchmen are going to bother the or molest these poor Comanche. And then when they finally do, like, oh, no, not the Frenchman, <clears throat> as we are wont to say. <clears throat> and then when the Predator wipes them out, we're like, yay, you wiped out the Frenchman. Here, it's, oh, it's, it, they're introducing over so quickly, you don't, have, uh, you don't have any time to process or get attached to where their death is but, meaningful in the movie. Yeah, it's not. Like, you could, <clears throat> to your point, you either needed to introduce them earlier or completely remove them. I think that, but, you know, they, they were obviously introduced to increase the body count. Because we'd run out of Comanche by that point. Yeah, um, we, they just didn't want to kill any more Comanche. They still had either, more bodies they could have dropped. Either way, um, you know, at, at the time that they are introduced, they're also far away from the camp, and so you need bodies far away from the camp to deal with, so that we can do more killing. I'm just, but it, I'm just saying, there's plenty. Of, I mean, we don't need a giant body count. You just need mm -hmm. what happens to matter. You know, it, it's an it easy, doesn't. it's an easy fix. Just have them run into them. You know, when they're on one of the hunts for the mountain lion, and you know. Instead of her falling out of a tree like a dumbass, she gets one-upped by the Frenchman. You know, and she narrowly escapes, you know, and she has to be saved by her brother Comanche by these Frenchmen, and they're the ones that killed the mountain lion. We're done then. We've now they've been now they've been together. Now they're, you know, now when she has to run up against them again, you know, there's more tension there. It's like if I'm just kind of spitballing and coming up with this stuff, there's no reason why competent why professional Hollywood writers 
could not have and and the thing of it is, is this thing spent a lot of time in development like this was not a rush job script this is apparently this has been in the works for a long time which means they had a while to work through this and i get the feeling like once they knew this was you know once after like the 20th century fox per, uh, purchase and things, stuff was repurposed for hulu people just stopped giving a fuck like this is red notice all over again where it's like as eh, long as it's got good stars and it's pretty no one cares if this plot makes zero sense. Yeah, I need to do a couple of things here. Uh, well, I think my biggest problem with this movie, uh, and this is not unique to this film, but it is a bigger problem for this film than for others. Uh, the There's no weight to the violence. And it's a product of the overly CGI era in which we, in which film lives. And I get that some of the stuff they're doing, it's hard. I'm, I don't pretend that this is easy, but when, when there's no sense of reality, if the, again, reality in this case just means I need to believe that there is something happening. I need to believe the physicality of what's going on. And I never do in this thing ever. Uh, and it, it hurts. It hurts the overall uh, presentation because there's no peril for our hero to overcome. When it when it looks this fake, then you, know, you you wind up just with this like unbridgeable gap between. You become very very aware of the externality of this. There's no again. There's no weight to this. There's no. There's no visceral reaction to anything that happens here, and it's it's it's, a, it's it is a slight movie. Like you, boy, you you change the landscapes and make it just sort of on a studio, like shot in a back lot. This thing loses all weight to it. The weight is entirely in the setting. Yeah, and, and I, I'm speaking specifically about like the action and the violence that you, mm-hmm. especially for a predator film, like you need those things to feel real. Yeah, you know, one of the the only good thing I think we said about the predator was there's a couple of kills in there and a couple of sequences that do have that feeling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Thomas Jane at one point gets like eviscerated and stuck on a tree, like impaled against one. Yeah. I Now that and you the- mentioned it, I remember that was the only other, because we, we spent so long making fun of autism as a superpower that I think we, the, I forgot that we did talk about the one good thing about the predator 20 uh, in whatever year that was, it was 2018 was yeah there were some really vicious kills like that one they made straight up a horror movie which you know good <laughs> in places it was a horror movie in other places it was a goofy comedy which yeah. is part of the part of the giant Boy, bundle that, of problems how totally schizophrenic that movie is all over the place uh but here there's there's nothing like there's no weight to any of those fight sequences uh, you have the her older brother die in the dumbest way possible. He goes from in one sequence holding his own in combat with the predator, to then immediately turning and look at her and uh, looking at her and going run, so I can stand here and die, so that you can be the one to overcome this obstacle. Like it only happens. I got talking with my brother about this very briefly because if you look at the original Predator, like, we know Arnold Schwarzenegger has plot armor. Right, but you, it can never feel like he has plot armor. It needs to not feel that way. Mm-hmm. So you just have to plot out a movie where everyone else except him dies for legitimate reasons. 
why did the first guy die and not what you have to answer you kind of have to answer the question anytime there's a position where arnold could be the one who dies why is it not him and you come up with reasons within the story for it not to be well this guy ran off separated himself from the pack therefore he's the weak link the bigger guy you know jesse ventura is the big one he's a little bit alone easy shot for a kill uh duke and carl weathers go out and chase him at one point okay so this is why we're with him like at every step there's a reason he has not yet killed the hero there is no such reason here yeah i mean he has a shot at her with the bear but you can make you here's the thing you're supposed to believe the predator didn't see her in the brush that she was hiding in from from the bear except that the thing operates on heat signatures there's nothing in that brush that would have stopped the heat signature. How did he not know she was there? Unless he didn't yeah. care. I mean, the, the closest explanation we get to this is, again, this really, really unbearably tired and hackneyed. Well, he doesn't consider her a threat. Yes. I don't ever, never underestimate a woman. And it, it, it really is the dumbest <laughs> thing. That is really just is. the dumbest thing. Yeah. Um, like, I don't, I don't do that particular hand motion a lot on this show because, you know, demonetized. But uh, that that really did deserve it. Like, never underestimate a woman there. You know, behind every successful man is a strong woman. Uh, getting it to kill itself with its own weapon, like, that feels like an idea that's too clever. Like, the Here's writer... The th- hang on, the writer well, thought well, this I was, was a say, good idea. Isn't it like every fucking Predator movie, it blows itself up at the end? It, like it's caught in a bear trap somewhere, <laughs> like legitimately caught in a bear trap, and it's like, well, fuck me, and then it sets itself off. Like the very first one, uh, Schwarzenegger has set this thing up to be caught and trapped, and it's damaged. It knows it's not getting out of it. Schwarzenegger doesn't know it's got like a nuclear bomb strapped to its ass, and so, and so, the, and so, what's great about the end of the of Predator is he sets up the timer off, and Schwarzenegger again can't read alien so he or predator for that matter and um he and, but he, he he has to intuit oh this is a countdown oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's starting to figure out like like independence day he's like this is a countdown oh no and like takes off running and the predator and you hear the predator is like maniacal horror laugh uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's like mo- job of the mi- hut well it's mimicking the laugh that billy does earlier in the film as mm-hmm. it dies and and, bl- and blows itself up, but it's not just blowing itself up. It takes out like a good football field size fucking hole in the jungle. Oh yeah, it's huge. Um, I can't. I feel like I can't remember how two ends. I know. I know he's on the spaceship at the end. It, well, hey, two. He tries to do the self destruct thing at one point in two. Mm-hmm. Danny Glover sees it, right? Reads that it's a countdown and is able to like dis. He cuts off the thing's hand. Okay. And severs the device. The, right. you know, the but that's now hand. two times the Predator is lost at the end and tried to blow itself up. Yeah. Predators. What? How does that one end? I don't remember. Robert? Eh, we may have. Or he's talking and you'll hear this later. Uh, I don't know which hey, of us hey, that was. You back? Yeah, yeah. I, I know which okay. of us had the little okay. lag spike there, but one of us did. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I, sure either way, I'll no, hear I... it back later. Either way, no, I don't remember how Predators ends. Um, but I feel like that's the go-to. It, you know, like they did it once in the first Predator. We now have to blow him. We just like we have to blow up the Enterprise in every movie. We now have to blow up the Predator in every Predator movie. Well, I just mean like that entire ending sequence where like we have the mm. guided uh, bolts. 
Mm-hmm. It just felt like the writer thought it was a cool idea to have a misdirect there, and it's a it's not the worst idea in the world, but the setup for it is really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yelled a little bit earlier about the creature design for this thing. It's bad. This is a this is like the least impressive looking predator there that there have been. It yeah, like in good. previous movies, these things look like the fucking road warriors with a vagina face. Like it's amazing. Yeah, this this not so much. Um, mm-hmm. is there anything else I wanted to touch on? Um, oh yeah, yeah. This one looked and, like more like Alex. This one looked like more like Alex Wright. You're making obscure references that a giant chunk of our audience <laughs> are not going to understand. I don't care. I don't care. You got it. Chris Bailey will get it later when he hears this, and I'll get an angry message from him about it. But Radledge, <laughs> why don't you like movies? But he'll laugh at the Alex Wright reference. So. That's all I care about. Uh, oh, minor bit of minor bit of a bushcraft for all of you out there. There's a scene in this movie where our heroine stumbles into a bog. Uh, now, for the record, these things exist. They function pretty much exactly as displayed here. They are very dangerous. Are you talking about when she's in the quicksand? That's not quicksand. I, I understand that, but it's the but same yes. operational thing. Yes. Okay. Okay. So. For the sake of anyone who might encounter one of these things, and this goes for quicksand as well, every idiot in every movie ever does the wrong thing for the sake of dramatic tension. Because they go forward. Do not go forward. If you step into something, stop, turn around, you know what's right behind you can carry your weight. Don't try to go forward going, well, maybe, for maybe another six feet. I'll cut, co- No. Don't do it. Well, that's Don't first do step. it. It's a Lulu. Anything else? Yeah. All right. The last thing here is uh, this movie drags in the middle a lot. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I wish to use this particular film as an object lesson about the importance of editing and willingness to kill things. Because the difference between a tight 90 minute movie and a 100-minute movie that puts people to sleep halfway through is not 10 minutes. That The difference there is enormous. So again, if we compare the first Predator movie, which is 90 minutes, give or take, and is... like That's an incredibly tight script. Yeah. Like, there's no fat on that. There's no fat on that movie at all. Every scene serves a purpose. Every scene drives things forward. You you could make the argument maybe the helicopter stuff is a little unwieldy, but that's also character building, that's character interaction, and funny as shit. Yeah, and uh, again, like because you have to care about these characters when they start dying. Otherwise, yeah. you get like, that's important. Establishing the characters is important. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it's that unwieldy. Like I've seen that same scene done much much worse. No, I I don't disagree with you, but I'm I'm picturing an audience. Who's never I'm picturing an audience now with less patience for, um, you know, letting a scene breathe, not being able to get through that scene. Like, come on, get to the killing already. You know what I mean? Yeah, th- those are the same idiots who are giving this, who's calling this like the best entry into the Predator franchise, despite or this children. being much. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there. This movie needed the script needed a serious go through to hack away the final ten minutes. Because if mm-hmm. you if you shave ten minutes off of prey, 
it's a you find a much better movie in there. Like the <laughs> the the bloat on this and like we we said this thing's a hundred minutes. It's not a long movie, but boy, does this thing drag. Yeah, I told you it kind of like loses me. Like it's 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 it lost me enough towards the end of the middle that when we got to the third act, I was like just kind of looking around my bedroom, also, for, my dog, eating my Chinese food, leftovers. Also, like, for, like for some reason, we just stick like when the French trappers are trying to draw the predator out. For some reason, we're now in like the one football like not even a football like uh, yeah let's call it a football sized area of this forest that's burned like why why are we <laughs> why, why is this here why did we yeah. change this well it looks cool no no why like answer the question why did you do this why is this here and there is no answer yeah uh, this you know let me ask you a question i'm, I'm curious if what your thought about this is not to sound like I, I don't want to sound like an incel or you know like an anti-woman person or you know whatever whatever the considering everything person. else you've said on this podcast who me <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to come across as like i don't like women but <laughs> there's so many of these movies now where the the the, the action lead is a dainty gal um, because Hollywood is into well, why can't women do action stuff? Gets, they can't, look, I mean, depending on, I mean, here's the thing: it's not that it's not that it hasn't been tried, and it's not. Look, not every not every not every action movie starring a man does well. Not every action movie starring a female does well. So I'm not I'm not saying don't try, and I'm not saying don't look for projects where women would be successful. Because I think it's look, two, the two Raider movies were very the old ones with Angelina Jolie, not these new pieces of shit. But the old ones with Angelina Jolie were successful. There has been some, you know, the occasional. Yeah. There have been some Charlize Theron and Scarlett Johansson action vehicles that were successful. Not so much Jennifer Garner, but you know they've Terrible certainly idea. tried with her. Yeah, my point is that. You're sitting there, and you're you know you're trying to refresh a lot of these old properties. You're trying to pull stuff off the sh off the IP shelf and do something with them. And everyone just kind of goes to the same well. Oh, well, we haven't done girl does <clears throat> we haven't done girl does predator yet, and we keep doing this, and it's varying degrees of unsuccessful. It just makes me wonder, like beyond it, 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 not everything has to be agenda driven. Nor, nor is that always the excuse. I know that's the that's the drinkers thing, the message, and all of that. <clears throat> well, but, it's a thing. Like, I mean, yeah, it is. We but, yelled about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, and I'm not saying that that's not happening. But I think sometimes decisions are made, and it really is like, well, we've tried a male in this, you know, in this role every single time. Why not try a female and see if we can get a new audience with this? <clears throat> and I'm wondering if maybe put a little bit more thought into this. Like, you're yeah. sitting here. With a male-oriented action franchise, think about what the men want. That's all I'm saying. Do men want to see a girl in the action lead role? More often than not, no. They want to see themselves. Boys want to see themselves. Men want to see themselves or what they wish to be in these roles. And I guess you, you know, you, you to your point of who cares? It's going to go on a streaming service anyway. Okay, but again, do you you know do you want to make a movie that has mass appeal or don't you? 
So yeah, I, I wonder how much better this movie is if the role is given to a hot young male actor that you know boys would want to be like and men would want to be like as opposed to Amber Midthunder. I don't think it helps that much. Uh, I mean, I think the flaws endemic in this movie are just essentially insurmountable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so imagine Native American Chris Hemsworth in this role as just as just a fantasy. I, I again, I'm not saying that you couldn't improve as a mm-hmm. like, but I am saying we're not we're not talking about uh, again, like does the first Predator movie succeed without Arnold? Probably not. Right. But everything about the movie itself is still tight enough and still good enough that mm-hmm. you would still find success. You would not find what you did find. Right. Here, it's it's just not a good... There's, not, there's nothing really good about this apart from the scenery. So I don't think it matters who you get there to try and dress this up. You might find more success, but you wouldn't find real success. Well, the story is about a girl who wants to be a hunter like, like the boys. If it's already a dude, it's changed the story somewhat. And maybe it's about something else. You know, it's it's about, you know, someone, um, you know, dealing with trauma in some way. Or, you know, avenging a lost brother. Like, it, it, I'm wondering how much of a turnoff this movie was for people. Because it is about, a, you know, some girl wanting to be, you know, wanting to be up with the dudes and like, and guys are just like, oh, enough already. Please just go be girls. <laughs> like, just stop. Stop trying to be guys. Be girls already. Uh, and I'm just, these are thought exercises. Well, I'm, uh, I'm not well, taking me, a hard stance. I'm throwing ideas out because I actually talk to other guys. A lot of them. Here's, here's the problem with I, I, a lot of the mentality that goes into putting uh, these traditionally male roles into casting women in them. Mm-hmm. They don't change what needs to be changed. Like you can have a female-led action movie. Some of the look, what guy doesn't love the Terminator? Right, or aliens, or aliens, or aliens. <laughs> like yeah. these, these are great movies, beloved, <laughs> and their leads are functionally women. Like those, yeah. Go those back are to the sur- driving. I want to talk about Linda, let's talk about Linda Hamilton and Terminator 2 for a minute. How many times does she go head to head with the Terminator? None. Zero. What? You know, like in the a, finale sequence, she squares off with him and doesn't win. Right. Well, we're talking, I'm talking T2. Um, yeah. No, no, that, that's what I mean. Like she squares off with Robert Patrick at the mm-hmm. end of the movie, right? In the steel plant. And it doesn't really go her way. She right. ambushes it later on, and it partially goes her way. But yeah, she never, she almost never goes like, "I can fight you hand to hand." Like, no, right. no, it's a lot of running from the thing. What's badass about Linda Hamilton in the first two movies, <clears throat> and you know, the first one's more of a horror action than it is straight action, and the second one's just action. But what's great about Linda Hamilton is there's no pretense that she could go, that she can go head to head with with this giant killer robot. It is all. I have to outthink this thing or outrun it or both, or I'm dead. Yep. Um, and, you know, pretty much Rip- diddle with, with Ripley and aliens. Like, yeah, she, she learned, she becomes competent with tools and weaponry and tactics that mm-hmm. allow her to have a chance. Right. I mean, that, that ending sequence where she gets into the, um, 
into the forklift robot. And yeah. she's like, get away from her, you bitch. It's like one of the most iconic lines in Hollywood history. But you think about what what all led up to that. Yeah. She never once goes like head to head or has any sort of impact, damaging impact on any of the xenomorphs. And she, and she is trying to save Newt. And so it's a desperate act to try to stand up to this thing and give her at least half a chance, the alien queen in this particular case. And even in the end of it, she basically ties the thing up and then shoves it out an airlock. Well, that's the only like, way she you're... doesn't win that fight. She gives up and, no, di- no. And, di- and, and yeets out of the suit. Look, I, I'll give her the win in that one because she's the one who opens the airlock. She's the one who, like, but, but to your point, this she is, doesn't she doesn't punch the thing to death. No, no, she doesn't. Yeah, that in that way, yeah, she does not use the suit to then crush its skull and win. <laughs> right. Like, there, there's there's still a lot more that goes into that. You can do a female-led predator movie. You absolutely could. Mm-hmm. But you can't go into it with the fundamental conceit that I will write this character basically the way they wrote Arnold yeah. and Lobster. I, 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 <laughs> lobster. I actually think trying to make her a hunter was dumb. I, I, I think she needed to be dragged into this kicking and screaming. And the only reason why she yeah. ended up fighting the predator was because there was no one left. Yeah, she. All the she hunters gets, were killed. She gets dragged along because she. Uh, they established this. She's good. At, she uh, is pretty good at, as a medic. Like she understands medicine. She's also. Like, I think they said she's also a good tracker. Like she's picking up on details that they're missing. Yeah. So find invent a reason to bring her along. Have right. her not really want to. Right. I, I want to stay here. Actually, if she starts off with, I wanted to stay here and make sandwiches. And they're like, no, we need you because you're actually a good tracker and we don't have a good one. And, you know, or, or your opening scene is the one good tracker gets fucking mauled by a predator. Yeah, no, no, no. Like she needs she needs to be the third string. Yeah. Like like we open with the first string getting killed. Right. Then the. You know, she's in the background. Or she not, not in the. She's in the background of the scene where the second, like, they send a few people out to go look for mm-hmm. this group of people, figure out what happened. One of them comes back, maybe her brother, like the old, the sole survivor. Mm-hmm. He comes back and like, all right, we're going out again. And he grabs her by the scruff of the neck and says, "Come on." <laughs> she's like, "No, I want, I want to stay here and make pretty things. No, 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 no. We need you." And and, and, and she and she through use of cunning is able to survive and, you know, ends up like tricking the, pre- can, and then we can end in the same place. It tricks the predator yeah. into killing itself. That's yeah. all fine. This idea that women are strong and wonderful and great. Now that I've said that, but they're strong and wonderful and great in, in ways that are different than men. They are not physically stronger than men. Can we stop with that pretense? Yeah. Um, what makes w- women able to, um, beat men it, it, again i kind of go back to the ray mysterio thing you know ray mysterio relied on speed and agility in order to take down bigger opponents so like he would like you know run around them and kick them in the knees and shit Look, what what makes women able to take down men is the ability to use all their other attributes against men not try to stand in equal to men you can't you're not biologically able to can we stop with this already it would be nice if we could um <laughs> Last thing, this annoyed me. Her little like tomahawk that has a rope attached to it. Mm-hmm. Watch those scenes again of her throwing that and calling it back. It's the laziest editing possible. <laughs> she throws that thing, it goes in a straight line mm-hmm. and comes 
back on a straight line. Right, like like it's like a spring-loaded yo-yo or some shit. Like they just rewound the shot. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Awful. All right, you ready for the money? Uh, I think the last thing, last thing, because I mentioned this earlier, um, if we're going to talk about where this thing ranks in the overall franchise, I put this roughly on par with Predators. Yeah, I agree. Um, they both fail in very, very different ways. So which one you prefer is largely uh, just which one. It's just personal preference. Like, how do you prefer your movies fail? Yeah. I don't mean that unkindly, uh, but it's, it's you know, which of these things do you like more? Uh, again, the fact that no one has been able to make a movie in this franchise that even touches the sequel <laughs> is just the like shame on all of you. Shame on all of you. <laughs> it's a pox on all your families. All right, here we go. Here comes the money. We're in the money. We're in the money. But drinker, you say. Um, you, you magnificent <laughs> so-and-so. You need to write one of those out if you want to do that. Yeah, I know. You, you can't uh, ad-lib that. No, uh, and I honestly just thought of it. Uh, you might be saying to yourself, is this my beautiful house? No, you might also be saying, but there is no money. This went to streaming, you dumb shits. No, we know. Um, there is no money to be had. There's no budget to talk about. I mean, there is a budget, but it's not public that I could find. But um, I, I initially was going to cut these segments or double up in movies. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I, I'm, I'm the only one overthinking these things. And let's just, let's just be cool and be groovy. But I, I like talking about the weekend in film. And so obviously Prey doesn't weigh into that. Prey came out two weeks ago at the same time as Bullet Train. Other stuff did come out this weekend. So let's let's talk about it. Let's see where we are worldwide instead of, you know, not doing this for six weeks. And they're like, holy shit, Morbius finally crossed the billion, you know. <laughs> the third release was the key. Yeah, it's Morbin time, finally. All right, so um, the weekend of August 12th through the 14th, uh, Bullet Train maintained its number one spot. Um, the uh, the new this week, real quick, Fall debuted at number 10 for Lionsgate. Uh, some Indian movie. That's a La poor debut. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a bomb. Um, Lal Singh Chada debuted at number 12. I, look, here's the only thing in favor of Fall. Mm -hmm. If it's got a small enough budget, they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, E.T.'s 2022 re-release debuted at number 13. Mac and Rita debuted at number 14. Emily the Criminal 16. In You O at 20. Emergency Declaration at 22. Summering 29. Gossamer Folds 36. And Let the Little Light Shine at 37. And Bloom Up at number 50. So nothing that debuted this week in theaters, whether in limited or wide release, made in any way, shape, or form any kind of impact ever. However, as I said, Bullet Train, in its second week, was the number one movie. Um, and I, I shared a bunch of this stuff on Facebook. So for those of you who are interested in what's going on in the news, but don't necessarily want to follow the trade yourself, uh, follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I share all that. I reshare all that stuff from like Variety and Hollywood Reporter and whatnot. And really some of the does. other And all some of the other Twitter feeds that deal with movie exhibition. And one of the things it talked about was the summer, <clears throat> the summer blockbuster season is officially over. <laughs> like... You know, there's there's nothing anymore, and you know the, the, this is the uh, the drizzling shits of August. <clears throat> Top Gun Maverick 
uh, jump from six to two again. In 12 weeks. <laughs> 12 weeks in the theaters currently. And it's, uh, it's still, I think... Still taking in money. Yes. And I think it's either just about or has already passed Infinity War is, you know, uh, is the uh, highest earner of all time. Uh, DC League of Super Pets fell from two to three. Thor Love and Thunder maintained spot at four. My wife was actually talking to me about wanting to watch that. And I said, we haven't quite hit 45 days yet. It's like another week or two. Uh, nope. Fell from three to, <clears throat> three to five. Minions, five to six. <clears throat> Where the Crawdads sang. Uh, currently in number seven for a second week in a row. Bodies, bodies, bodies uh, must have jumped from hey, wide release to... Where the Crawdads sing is about to pass Morbius. I hope. Uh, bodies, bodies, uh, bodies no. went, went from limited... Okay. No, no, no. Went from limited... Let me finish the sentence. All went right, went right. from limited release to wide release, obviously. It went up like 1,300 some odd theaters, it looks like. Um, or 1,300% at 1,200 plus theaters. So that jumped from 16 to 8. Go. Our new our new gag needs to be anything that beats Morbius is automatically entered into the MCU canon now. <laughs> okay. That's how this works, right? Yep. Uh, fall, like I said, debuted at number 10. Easter Sunday dropped from 8 to 11. Boy, if there was a movie that should have just gone straight to Peacock. Yikes, people. Kidding. You are not kidding one bit. Uh, the Black Phone is currently on Peacock, and that dropped from 10 to 15. If you haven't seen it yet, spend some time and watch it. Jurassic World dropped from 11 to 17 and is now on Blu-ray. Miss Harris goes to Paris, 13 to 18. Vengeance, 12 to 19. Marcel, the cell with the shoes on, jumped, actually, from 14. No, dropped, sorry. Dropped. Dropped, dropped from 14 to 21. Um, Dragon Rising, 15 to 23. We can uh, call it there. There's nothing yeah. else to talk about. Well, hang on. Um, where is it? Where are you? Come out, come out, wherever you are. Come Hit Control-F. I don't, where's Morbius? Hit Control F. Yeah. Type in Morbius. Control F. Your find function. No, now you have to type into the little search box that came up. It, the, no search box came up. You hit Control. Are you selected on that screen? Yeah. Right, hit Control F again. I did. Try it again yelling at me. me. Just try it again for me. I did three times already. There Fuck should it. be a there should be a box that shows up. It didn't. It, 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 it's Why? the find function. I know, but it's not. I can't believe in fifty four movies, nothing fucking. I can't find Morbius anywhere. You know what? Screw it. Moving on to the worldwide. Uh, presumably, you can find it here. Presumably, let's see. Oh, now you're too far down. Oh my god. There it is. Okay, movie's currently better than Morbius. The Lost City <laughs> at number 16 at 190 million. Hey, nice the black week. phone, the black phone has an outside shot. No, it doesn't. Too many that, that that's too far. And it's on Peacock now. Yeah, yeah. Black phone. Nice, but... nice views two, at 211, too cool to kill, 217. Lightyear. 225, the bad guys, 245. Light, you're desperately justifying its own existence. We are definitely better <laughs> than Morbius. Than Morbius. <laughs> the bad guys at 245, Elvis 262. And then we jump into the top 10 movies currently doing better than Morbius. <laughs> 4017, Uncharted, 4018, Sonic, uh, 405, Fantastic Beasts, 4, 626, Watergate Bridge, Thor Love and Thunder, 
721. The Batman, 770. Minions rising up the chart at 791. Oh, hang on. <clears throat> Thor is probably not going to beat the Batman. Mm-hmm. Wrap your head probably around not. that one. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange at 954. Jurassic World at 974. And currently, your number one movie worldwide in the year of our Lord, 2022, Top Gun Maverick. By a wide margin. Look at that difference. Yeah. yeah. Look at the difference between number one and number two there. Your difference is what, $400 million, give or take? Yep. yep. And not, and, and really, not until we get to October, November, and December is there going to be anything that's even remotely close. And even at that, like I I'm thinking think... about Black Adam, maybe. Nope. Yeah. Black Adam's not going to beat that. Avatar's not going to, I don't think anything is going to beat it. Hang on. Let me look at my calendar real quick. Um, so looking at just what I have on the calendar currently, um, in October, the only movie that he, that even we're talking outside shot. Okay. Okay. Only, only movies that have an outside shot, black Adam in the month of October, nothing else. Everything else is like Halloween or like half of the shit. I don't even have like in theater movies. It's all streaming stuff. Um, okay. So now we move to November black Panther. No. That's that thing's good. I don't think it's gonna bomb, but it's not gonna do well. They're not as well as they think it's gonna do because you know it's missing the one thing that made that made people want to go to that movie in the first place. Yep. Um, and then there's nothing else here. Like we're doing, she said in the menu, but you know whatever. Strange World, no. Like it'll do okay. I think I I, I you know I don't want to be Chris Bailey about the whole thing, but I it's not gonna do a billion dollars. Uh, that brings us to December, which the big December movies are. Avatar and Shazam. Nope. So nothing. This is it. The, 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 we're done, people. The year is over. Hand that <laughs> trophy to Top Gun Maverick and let James Cameron sit on it and rotate. Sounds like a plan, Stan. Um, as far as what's going on next week, we're going to review. We're Again, we're kind of cleaning out the closet of streaming movies for the past couple of weeks. But if you're looking to see something in theaters, and I will be on a... Uh, weekend trip to a cabin in the woods in North Carolina. So otherwise we would have done this one. I would have, I would have made a point to, to do this, but there's beast that's, and that's about it. Um, I think beast will do. Okay. I think, you know, it has an outside shot of being the number one movie of the weekend, but, outside, uh, yeah. but I, th- but I, but I think that's, that's in the absence of any real competition, you know, um, the following week we've got, the invitation, which you you know, for the for those of you into horror, I know Alexis was interested in this. Um, we're not covering it unless she does it separately without me, but it's there. There's breaking, and then there's three thousand years of longing, which weirdly I am uh, so interested in that movie. I almost put that on the schedule, but I'd rather do Samaritan instead. So, and that's the uh, uh, that is on yeah. Amazon Prime. Hang on, I can be convinced. Let me. No, see. no, no, no. Look, it's set. Don't worry about it. You're being ridiculous. Let me look. Um, Dude, you've made a. Hold on. Stop. 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 Listen to me for one minute. Yes, sir. You made a giant push to reduce your level of podcasting. I make one sarcastic comment about this, mm-hmm. and you're immediately like, "No, please let me find another spot to do another podcast." No, 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 I would, I would have. We can double up if you want. I can double up with Samaritan and Three Thousand Years of Longing. I, I, I feel like I have time to see it that weekend. If, if that's yeah, I don't you worry want. about it. Okay, moving on. I'm not gonna twist your arm. I don't. I, I, I don't have to <laughs> podcast about every movie I see. 
movie. Yes, correct. Um, and that's August. So, like, the big movie. For, I mean, yes, three thousand years of longing is something that I was remotely interested in, also. But the one I want to talk about, especially because I want to have Pat on, is Samaritan, which is the new Sylvester Stallone superhero movie that's going direct to Amazon Prime. So we're doing that instead. And then that gets us into September, where the wide releases are Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. So yeah, we're into Fuck You in September. Ooh, wait, uh, wait, wait. There's a Jaws re-release. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll have to take my kids to that. September 9th. Yeah, we, like Jaws on the big screen is an experience. Yeah. We've got a couple of wide releases here. We've got Medieval, Barbarian, um, and that's about it. Then we move to September 16th, I believe. Uh, the wide releases are Pearl, which is the like prequel to X uh, and God's Country and The Woman King. That's going to be the big one for that weekend. Uh, it may, it may, it's be I don't think it's going to Yeah, I mean, it's not going to make any money, but it might actually win that weekend just in the absence of any real like. That's going to be the that's going to be the one that spawns a billion think pieces about why it bombed. And then um, that looks like it's it for the month of September. Hang on. Uh, back up. Afro Circus. Um, 16th. Okay, the 23rd. You know what? <laughs> Let's just go to my calendar. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I don't have anything on the 23rd of, of any value. <laughs> Look, there's an Avatar re-release. Oh, the okay. 20th anniversary. September 9th, there, there's something that we're actually reviewing. Go back. Where is it? Where is Dark Harvest? I have Dark Harvest on the list. Oh, this might be it then. Untitled New, new Line Horror Film. That sounds about right. <laughs> Hang on, let me double check that. I, I like occasionally I'll, I'll go back through and make sure that like things haven't moved on me. Um, Dark Harvest. Uh, no, it's MGM. Right. And but it's still slated for September 9th. Well, anyway. we'll see. <laughs> we'll do something. We'll, we'll we'll figure out something to watch. Jesus Christ! All right. Um. So that is the money for now. With that said, here we go with the critical. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this one. <laughs> the critical review. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 All righty. Um, I don't have it up. That's what she said. All right. Uh, of course. But of course, the critics gave this a fresh rating of 93%. Uh, it has an audience score of 78%, which means people liked it. But, you know, meh. <laughs> the critical consensus. Uh, we, have, we have once again reached a point at which critics think they like something because they should like it, whereas the audience is more honest. Uh, the rare action thriller that spikes adrenaline without skimping on character development. Go oh. fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah Just you eat a one. dick. Oh, my God. Whole bag uh, of them. Just cram them in there and swirl them around. Like like a box of, like a box of cigars. Just all in your mouth. 
Um, <laughs> Prey is a Predator prequel done right. <laughs> you know what? No, 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 no. This got floated on the internet. Okay, the internet came up with this. Here's a better idea for a prequel. Set it in feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, the guy who played Scorpion in the Mortal Kombat remake. He was actually in Bullet Train. I forget his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have him play like the last, the, the lone survivor of the massacre of the Shogun that he serves. And he spends his time in disgrace figuring out how to hunt these things. As he and he follows it as it attacks another group, another imperial family. The audience, better idea, better idea than what <laughs> they came up with here. The audience says if you can look past some dodgy effects, Prey is pretty much the back to basics predator installment fans have been waiting years to see. That's that's more accurate than not. Like that's more accurate than the critical <laughs> consensus. All right, T.T. Uh, T. Stern, N.Z. of WXIX TV, no, Cincinnati, no, it's Ohio. Not. No, it's not. I haven't even read it yet. You dickface. I, I have. I'm just getting it out of the way. <laughs> It's a fascinating film. Now this go. This film is opposite of fascinating. You idiot. There is nothing that engenders that level of in, of interest in this film. Nothing. This is not fascinating. There's nothing interesting. There's nothing groundbreaking. There's nothing that hooks you. Stop it. This is the most virtue signaling movie of this year so far. Like, I'm now just realizing because I hadn't done I honestly hadn't been paying that close attention to it. I've got other stuff going on in my world. So I'm just now like reading some of these. And I'm like, oh, everyone, all the critics are tripping over themselves to be like, yay, Indian girl movie. It's the best. They kill the evil, unwashed, fat, hairy Frenchman. While Ty all the Com- <laughs> while all the Comanche look like underwear models. Ty Burr of Ty Burr's watch list. For my money, it's the best since the original. Yeah, your money means dick. <laughs> this isn't even as good as Predator 2 by any reasonable metric. Alejandro Elman of El Universal. Prey is the best Predator movie after the original. It's not. This is not the only guy who's going to say this. I beg of you who think, I beg of you who potentially hold this opinion, go rewatch Predator 2. Mike and then Scott tell me the, you still believe that. Mike Scott of the Times Picayune. For the first time since the Reagan administration, the Predator series delivers. Uh, I don't think that's true. You got to at least get to Clinton. Oh but God. still, it's a long time. Like the, the crux of the point that we all we've been a long time before having even a watchable. Like that's true. I went to go see Anthrax last Friday with uh, Hatebreed and Black Label Society in orlando and it was the 40th anniversary of anthrax and i put that i put up the the stuff that i shot on my phone and the pictures i took on instagram and my friend commented he was like holy shit are you serious 40 years he was like that comment makes my leg have arthritis (laughs) yeah we're that old um speaking of that old omar homar of black nerd problems Prey is my favorite movie, and I can see Russia from my house. Hang on. Favorite Predator movie, not favorite movie of all time. I will give this idiot enough credence to not That's not a review, though. That's not no, a it's not. review. Like, it, it, it's not. Like, I, I can't control what you like and what you don't like. That's not helpful. Boy, it's my favorite entry. It's my favorite movie in this franchise. That doesn't help. No. How's this, how's it, how does a self-serving blog like that wind up here? <laughs> I just want to read this one because of the name of it. Cezan Kohler of Black Girl Nerds. 
you know, can I just say that everyone who's now who's tagged thing now is my minority description plus the word nerd. Please smash your face with a frying pan. Just fucking hit yourself. Let's until, go play in traffic. Until Let's go play it in traffic and see what happens. Oh my god! I we're gonna start a site. You know, it's called <laughs> fucking Comanche Trans Nerds. I, I just like as many fucking descriptions Indigenous. I can throw in there. Indigenous. <laughs> indigenous Comanche Trans Nerds. No, 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 just Indigenous Trans Nerds. Okay, Indigenous Trans Nerds. Got it. I fucking hate you people. Assuming um, it's, assu- look, that domain has probably already been taken, but if it hasn't, <laughs> you should take it. Uh, um, Adonis Gonzalez of the Young Folks. Prey turns the franchise on its head and delivers a surprisingly emotional and epic story. There's oh, nothing epic about this. There's nothing epic. There's damn sure nothing emotional. Like, the only thing I cared about by the time this movie wrapped up was if they killed the dog. <laughs> Everything else was nothing. Uh, Noel Murray of the Los Angeles Times, former newspaper, top critic. A predator story should have well-crafted and excitingly staged scenes of humans fighting an alien. This picture has plenty. No. That's not... No. You idiots. Oh, this this is great. You ready? Yes. Diego Battle of Otrosinsinus.com A film with lots of feminist western and just a tad of sci-fi. That's barely a sentence. Are you sure English <laughs> is your first language? It's funny. And I don't mean that unkindly. Like, if if that's a badly translated sentence, then blame the translator. But that's a bad sentence in English. Maddie Lucas of From the Front Row. <clears throat> As opposed to From the Cheap Seats. A beautiful, bone-crushing piece of work that is not only the best Predator sequel... It is a fascinating example of how to reframe and continue a beloved franchise without resorting to mere fan service or naked nostalgia. Oh, get and I bent! Like, and I would like to add to that, if it bleeds, we can kill it. We're really going to pretend that this movie was not just dripping with nostalgia. Like, th- this is a nostalgia bait film, fundamentally. Okay. Second, this is not a fascinating example of how to continue a beloved IP. It's really not... Look at the people who are praising this up and down. How many of them are actually fans of the Predator franchise? None. I guarantee you none of them, because if they were, they could actually tell you the original backstory to that flintlock pistol that Danny Glover gets in the set in Predator 2. It was told in a pretty kick-ass, actually, Dark Horse comic that's so much better than this movie. Joe Fryer of Fort Worth Report has not seen any movies this year. Amber Midfunder and the authentic indigenous cast take the prequel to the next level, delivering, delivering, delivering the best sci-fi film of the year of our Lord 2022. This is not a person who watches film. <laughs> no. This, this, is, this is not a person who watches movies. <laughs> I'm not even sure this is a real reviewer. I'm pretty sure they got a homeless guy to write something. I Look, I saw an all-indigenous cast, and therefore I must throw every conceivable... Pre- like, how insulting is that? I mean that in all sincerity. Like, how insulting is it to just look? Oh, boy, you found him. All right. <laughs> all right. Hey, Kevin Gara, fat guy at the movies. Where you going, punk? It's a nice jacket you got on. 
I'm hey. cold over here. Let me hold a give dollar. Me your, give me your jacket, fat guy at the movies. <laughs> Come on, just just let me hold a dollar for you. <laughs> Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movie, says, while it doesn't break new ground, this action thriller goes back to the basics that made the original Predator work. Not no i'm gonna go with a not really here that said like the there's a, there's an underlying uh, kind of key to what he's touching on here that some of the sequels got way too far away from what these films should be and that's very true yeah this one does not however return to the form and the and the fundamental uh kind of uh, the essence of film that made the first one work you couldn't tell me anything about any of these characters but not the way you could the original cast. The uh, future ex Mrs. Johns is not here to save you. It's not. She's not here for you to hide in her skirt, Jeremy. Jeremy Johns, we hate you. Of JeremyJohns.com, we hate you. This movie celebrates what made Predator great while making its own story, and this is why we hate you, Jeremy Johns. And Alexis, about- not here to protect you this time. Yeah. What about this is its own story? <laughs> like, I mean that in all sincerity. What about this is unique when compared to the first one? Oh, for fuck's This is the last one I'm going to read because this is so stupid. All right. Sean Collier of Pittsburgh Magazine. The Predator fights a bear. It is therefore a good movie. You know, I would insult you, but you write for Pittsburgh Magazine, and there's nothing I can say that would hurt you. <laughs> All right. Um, next week, the Gray Man. The week after that, Samaritan, and that kills the month of August for oh, us. Oh, the Gray Man sucked. <laughs> oh boy, I can't wait to talk about it with you then. Have you seen it uh, yet? I have not. It sucks. <laughs> it's not good. I believe you. It's not good. Uh, Metal Hammer of Doom has the week off instead. Uh, we are back to the from the corner to the deuce. The great works of David Simon. We are finally starting our five month journey through the wire. It's come to this. It's the main event. I finally get to spend an hour talking about just season. I mean, I've already done this once with you. We did an Everyone Loves a Bad Guy on the Wire years ago, which is now in the archives on this feed. But this is the first time I get to break down. I get to break it down season by season. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. I'm. We're, my wife is getting her hair did at our, at Jackie's house this Thursday, and um, I was like, I can't miss this show. Like if I if I put this show off, Jesse will beat me to death. And I don't really want to. So, like, I'm going there, but I'm like, I'm like, we're going to delay for an hour till 11 o'clock is, is when we'll start recording. Because we usually go that late anyway when we do Metal Hammer of Doom. But uh, I will be leaving. I'll be leaving this woman's house like a bat out of hell, like Batman, like at 10 o'clock on the dot so I can get home and do this. I'm not putting this off another month or whatever. Uh, we have to get this done. And I'm going away this weekend. So, like, if I wanted to. um. Fuck. If I wanted to, I, I I couldn't change things anyway. But um, I just wanted to share that with you. In any case, uh, yes, we will be talking season one of The Wire uh, this Thursday at 11, uh, 11, 11 o'clock for those of you who would like to see if I break down and cry again. I'll tell you, I'm not as emotional about The Wire as I was about The Corner. Uh, the, the Corner really brings it out of me. The Wire, I just love. I think it's perfect. So um, I will... Uh, I will be, you know, pantslessly gushing about my favorite TV show of all time. I know for people, long-time listeners, I'll be like, finally, he finally gets to talk about his thing. He's talked about so many things, but this is his thing that he gets to talk about. 
So I'm excited. You know, you, you've kind of talked about it in an ancillary format so long and, uh, for, under so many other pretense. I don't think you're going to have anything new to say. I'm going to come up with something. Or I'll just... <laughs> I, look, you, you expect this to go for an hour. I'm going to bet that, like, Jesse just lets you talk for 20 minutes. And after 20 minutes, like, well, I've said everything positive there is to say about this. Plugs. <laughs> Jesse's going to have a list. <laughs> like the casual heroes. You know what? I hope he does. Jesse, if you're listening to this. I want you to come up with some kind of top 10 things related to the wire that you can count down. Um, a stupid list too. <laughs> and then uh, that's it for the week. You know, we're, we're, we're into the two shows a week. Uh, <laughs> we're into two shows a week era of the Rattlers and Broadcasting Network. So check out our other shows like Source Material. Um, Jesse's always got some good stuff up. He alternates that with Undisputed, Undisputed, um, Unspoken Issues. Sean's still doing his games podcast. So, uh, check those out and hey go into the archives don't even listen to the other shows just listen well listen to this one but don't listen to the other shows go go into the archive go to the playlist just listen to the metal hammer of doom extras i talk about nude resorts i talk about burlesque shows i talk about um what else did i talk about uh i talk about nude beaches my son gets gets on got imprinted upon by robert cooper and they talked about anime uh all these, all, all of these have been cut up and made into TikToks by now. Which, by the way, ooh, did you see? Did you see? My dad has a new TikTok. Uh, I saw that you linked something. I did not click on it. Oh, go, go! When you were done here, go, go immediately. Click on I that might, link. Just put it up. We're right here. Just play okay. it right now. All right, hang on. Give me a. You do your plugs. Ramble on for a couple of minutes while I figure this out. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. As usual, I host a. I host another podcast that's the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast. So if you're interested in the wide, wacky, wonderful world of mixed martial arts, I record that late Sunday evening. The latest episode is a review of last week's event and a preview of this upcoming UFC 278, which is taking place about an hour away from where I live. But I will not be attending as press because it, I do not have a laptop, tablet, or anything else that I could otherwise use to provide coverage live from the event. So sadly, I will have to wait for the next time they come to Salt Lake and then... Hopefully by then have one of those devices. I cover professional wrestling a few nights a week over at 411mania.com. AW's Dark Elevation on Monday. MLW when they release stuff on Thursday. And WWE SmackDown on Friday. Uh, SmackDown. The whole WWE. Amazing. In like a matter of weeks, you get rid of Vince McMahon and suddenly the weekly television becomes somewhat watchable. Yeah, well, now Who that knew? I don't podcast on Mondays, I might actually go back to watching it again. All right, here it is. The whole reason everyone tuned in tonight. Who cares about fucking prey? You have to listen to my. You have to listen to my dad's crazy TikTok. You ready? All right, I'm gonna regret this. You really are. This is awful in all the great ways. This is great in all the awful ways. I don't believe awful in all the great ways. I do not believe that's a thing. Okay, this is Christopher Rattledge on Freedom in Florida. Well, welcome to Florida. DeSantis is landing, as he says on his commercials, freedom. Yes, you have freedom here in Florida. We opened up with the uh, during the pandemic, and by God, we did it. We went right to the top. We killed more people than any other state per 100,000. We were able to... That's not accurate. ...open to allow you to die and to allow you to kill other people. Freedom! One more time. Hey, we have freedom. There he is. There we go. Unless, of course, you say something that pisses off DeSantis, and then he's going to use the power of the state to take away anything he can, as when he took away 
uh, Andrew Warren's job, our state attorney, also known as a DA up north, as he took away special districts from Disney because they like gay, they weren't going to discriminate against gay people. Yes, we have freedom. We will have freedom to, when you freedom? have your people to go to school. Freedom? You have freedom not to say gay. Freedom? Yes. Freedom. Freedom. Move. I can see Plus your daughter dying. That hurt your sensitivities <laughs> and may actually show two males or two females holding hands. The world is going to come to an end, but you have the freedom to take away these books. What? What is that word again? Freedom. Freedom. You have freedom. freedom. You have freedom, unless, of course, you own a business and actually want to stay alive, and then you can't wear masks. You can't force other people to wear masks to come into your private business. Because we have freedom! 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 Hey, please stop no. this. Freedom! <laughs> no! <laughs> and we have more freedom. If this is going to get oh, us demonetized more than anything else. Oh, <laughs> you have the freedom to... You know, it made me lose my thought. But <laughs> you have the freedom here to go out and soon to carry a weapon anywhere you want concealed and you know just generally kill people i mean it's we uh, went away from that in the wild west we actually and uh, those towns took away your guns while you were there because they didn't want to get killed hey but we have freedom here i can, freedom! I can see your freedom! soul dying what's left of it <laughs> so remember all these precious freedoms and soon, if we allow him to stay in office, freedom! We'll have freedom to make sure that women. But is your wife walking to get a divorce? Term, whether or not they want to, whether or not it may kill them, that won't matter. I have one question. Yes. Will this rant be done in 15 minutes or an hour? Back! Get it! Call it back in now! Back! But we have freedom. Well, welcome to Florida. DeSantis is landing as he says. <sighs> Can I, can I just go now? <laughs> Are we done? You're desperately trying to... You don't want... You're desperately like, okay, please, Robert, don't hit me. <laughs> like that, That's the vibe I'm getting from you right now. Like, you know, you can feel it coming. <laughs> this would be the first time a podcast was done in Punch Around. Uh, <laughs> hang on. You're on that side, so if I go... <laughs> I go like this... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I gotta go to the other way. Do it again. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking knock me off screen like Captain Marvel. Uh, don't. Just. Don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was the best. Uh, all right. So that was my mo <laughs> that was essentially my plugs. And the other thing I do, I cover UFC action over in the MMA Zone of 411mania.com. Last week, UFC on ESPN 41. This coming week, UFC 278. So if you're interested, please do tune in for that. We'll be back here next week where I will talk about the Gray Man and why it sucks. Are you good? I'm good. Okay. You notice I changed your name again? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best show ever. Be well, be safe, and freedom. <laughs>